Mark chapter 4, we'll start in verse 21. A few weeks ago, we, we made it through the parable of the sower. And um, Jesus, uh, it's, there will be a, a couple of parables kind of in a row in this chapter. And uh, this, little, this little cluster of verses, it, you find these same verses scattered around in the book of Matthew. And here Mark puts them all together. And most folks think that this, these were common, uh, kind of almost like Proverbs that, that Jesus used uh, throughout his teaching ministry. And so if you were to travel around and hear him uh, teaching and stuff in different places, you'd hear some of these same ideas. And they kind of seem disjointed at, at, in one sense, but then Mark puts them together, and I think there is a thought flow. Uh, and I just want to take just a really just a, a very few minutes to kind of just show maybe how they're connected in a way that is maybe edifying for us. Look at verse 21. He said to them, Is a lamp brought in to be put under a basket or under a bed and not on a stand? For nothing is hidden except to be made manifest, nor is anything secret except to come to light. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. He said to them, Pay attention to what you hear. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you, and still more will be added to you. For the one who has, for to the one who has, more will be given, and from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. We really kind of rally around two two ideas. The first one is in the first three verses, in 21, 22, and 23. And it's essentially the fact that Jesus has come to light up the darkness. John says that, that Jesus is the light. Uh, Jesus refers to himself as, as the light. This idea of light and darkness is something that he uses a lot, probably because it's very simple. You, know? you could go over into this building with all those kids, and you could probably like, be thrown into a lead teacher situation, and, and they're like, hey, you didn't give me curriculum, you didn't give me anything to work with. And you, they could tell you, okay, Jesus is the light of the world. And you could probably come up with some sort of thing that they could understand, because that's a concept that we all get. That when it's really dark, uh, uh, even the smallest of lights will provide enough illumination for you to be able to see what's going on. Um, several years ago, I had the, the chance to go into, into North Korea with Vernon Berger and his Voice Global to scout out uh, a possible food um, food to orphanages uh, program that they were looking at getting involved with, and the the Korean government invited us to come in. So come and look at it, you know, come look at look at the kids, look at the all our, our whole process, all that kind of stuff. And uh, so we went, and uh, I did. That's one of those things I didn't really like tell my parents in a like permission kind of way, even though I was like a full grown man. I still expected them to like drop the hammer as though I was eight and be like, you're not going uh, into North Korea. But um, I just kind of told them like by text message, I think. And so, uh, but if, if you've ever seen, the, there's a thing on, on the internet that's a, it's satellite imagery at night of the Korean peninsula. And the southern part of the peninsula, you can see all the, all the light that comes you know, from all the cities and all that kind of stuff. And the north part of the peninsula is completely dark. 
because they shut all the electricity down. There is no, there's no light going to most of the country. The only bits of light are in Pyongyang and maybe, maybe another place. But it's just it's eerie how dark it is. And when we were there, we weren't in the capital city. We were in a remote city. And uh, it was the kind of place where you could tell that they only turned on the electricity because we were coming. And uh, so everyone was kind of like, oh, it's, this is crazy. And uh, I remember being outside at night... And it was, it was the, the darkest sky I had ever seen because there was literally no light pollution for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of miles. And you could see so many stars. And it was, it was the craziest thing I'd, I'd ever seen, how bright the stars were when the darkness was, was really, really pure as far as the sky goes. Um, we understand like, those kinds of situations in terms of like, how dark... Something is when all the light has been vacuumed out of it. But we've also probably all been in situations where even the smallest light was helpful. When the power would go out when you were a kid. And you know, maybe, maybe you just light a candle. And how that one little candle, could, you could like work your way all around the room. Like you weren't fumbling it around and stuff because there was light in the darkness. Jesus is saying, like he tells us all throughout his ministry, that he has come to bring light into a world that is dark. So he says in verse 21... Is a lamp brought in to be put under a basket or under a bed and not on a stand? Like they, when they would like light a lamp at night, they would put it on a stand in the middle of the room and they would like elevate it. It was the centerpiece and it would light up everything that was there. We're talking about a time when that's the only way they had light at night. It was either the moon and the stars or it was like a lamp in the middle of a room. So he says, would you, would you light a lamp and then like put a bucket on top of it? Would you hide it underneath a bed so no one could see it? It's like, no, you, you want everything to be illuminated. That's the point. So that's the point in, in why I came. Verse 22, nothing is hidden except to be made manifest, nor anything secret except to come to light. It says, hey, everything, everything that is around you, everything about this world, is meant, like, illumination is meant to come to it. You weren't made for darkness. You weren't made for secrecy. You weren't, you weren't made for, for all of those kinds of things. You were made to be illuminated by God. Because that's why I came. If you have ears, listen to this. He's telling them, pay attention to this. That Jesus has come to light up the darkness. It's so simple. So he's come up to light up the darkness in, in the world at all. You know, we're, we're, we're like Advent is coming up and that's what we talk about his, his first arrival here where he has come to be the light of men. And so all like everything in the world, like Jesus is, has come to bring illumination to the fact that, hey, everything's busted and broken. And they probably knew that they probably knew, hey, something isn't right here. Things aren't really going well in the world. And Jesus comes in and everything about him is for some reason appealing even to the people who wanted to kill him, there was still some appeal there. They were just threatened by it. There's this appeal because he's illuminating things. Because everything was dark. And now, now we can see where the brokenness is. Now we can see that the problem is internal. It's not external. Now we can see that we need God to step in and help us. He came to be that to the entire world. He came to be that to your life. Whenever you, whenever you got to a point where you were, you were like, yeah, I'm completely broken and I need, I need God's help and Jesus is God who's come to help me. 
That's because he has illuminated the darkness inside of you. And whether, whether you want to think of that as like as he, he lit a candle in your heart or he put on the high beams and you're like, whoa, I have, there's some messed up stuff going on here. Whatever it is, that's what happened to you. That's why he came. Illumination. Because we needed to see the reality of our brokenness. And so you, if you are a Christian, if you have, if you have followed him and said yes to him, that's a part of your story. Is yeah, you know, I was I was lost, now I'm found. I was blind, now I see. It was dark, and now it's lit up. I saw the reality of my condition. So Jesus is that for the world. He's that for you. He's that for me. He's that for like for the city through the church. Then Revelation, would he describe the churches as lampstands? You think that's like a random thing that he picked? He's like, no. I have these lampstands. At that point, there was like one, one in all these cities. You look at our city, and there's lampstands everywhere. There should be no question about what the solution to our problems here in the city are. There are lampstands everywhere. And through, through our lives, he's lighting up all this darkness, and we should all in our city be able to look around and be like, man, only God can help this. That's the point. That's what he wants, wants churches to be. And even for us in our journey, as we have been praying for, like we've been praying for a, a building where we can meet in the mornings in an effort to try to, like, to meet culture where it is and to have more illumination opportunities. That's what we have been hoping for. And if God connects us with Sherwood and there becomes like an, an area of town, that's a lampstand in that part of Baton Rouge that's lighting up the darkness. And as we scatter out to the different places that we live, whether it's in Baton Rouge or Prairieville or Central or Denham or wherever it is that you live, we're lampstands. We come, we're a bunch of lampstands that come together. Here we are on Sunday nights, one big lampstand. And then after this is done, we say our blessing over each other and we scatter out a bunch of lampstands. Really? And so everywhere we go, we have to realize that we are a part of this happening it's like nothing, nothing was created to be hidden. Nothing was created to be left in darkness. Everything was created for illumination. And Jesus comes in and lights it up. And so that's a part of why he came. And he's trying to help them understand. It's like, hey, this is not to be hidden. This is not to be suppressed. This is not to be kept a secret. This is to be brought out into the open. He's lighting up the sin. He's lighting up the need. He's lighting up his glory. He's lighting up all of these things. He brings light into darkness. And it happens when you're saved, the first, like when you first come to the saving knowledge of Jesus, and it's ongoing throughout our lives. There are plenty of times when, when we, we creep back into those dark places. You know, he draws Adam and Eve out of, out of hiding in the shadows, you know, and he creates clothes for them, and he, he puts them outside the garden, and he provides this life. And there's something about that coaxing out of the tree line. There's something comfortable about hiding back in those trees for us. And so even though we're saved, and even though he's illuminated us, and we have trusted him as our Savior, and we've, like, we've just said yes to him over and over again, there are times when that darkness like, comes back in, and, and it's tempting to go and hide in the tree line again. It's weird, but we almost find darkness comforting for some reason. Probably because in the darkness there's self-reliance, and we are... Uh, we are our, 
we're not really confident in anyone else except for ourselves, even in our shortcomings. And so it's so easy to retreat to that darkness. And, and so we need to hear Jesus through the scriptures saying, hey, uh, I, you weren't made for darkness. Hey, Baton Rouge, you weren't made for darkness. Hey, Central, Prairieville, Zachary, Denham. You weren't made for darkness. Think about your, where you work, wasn't made for darkness. Think about the people on your street, wasn't made for darkness. Think about your campus, wasn't made for darkness. You were not made for darkness. Jesus says, I did not come to be hidden. I came to bring light to all of those dark places. So, uh, if you have ears, listen. Then he says in verse 24, pay attention to what you hear. I love that. (laughs) He's like, hey, pay attention. I always hated that when teachers told me that. But I appreciate that Jesus is like, look, just pay, pay attention here, okay? Pay attention to what you hear. Pay attention to what I'm saying. Pay attention to the one drawing you out of the tree line, out of darkness, into light. Pay attention to the lampstand. Pay attention to who is lighting the lamp. Pay attention to what you hear. Then he says, with the measure you use, it will be measured to you, and still more will be added to you. For, the one who ha- for to the one who has, more will be given. From the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. Here's, a, here's how I would summarize that. Pay attention to what he's doing in your life and grab onto it. Aggressively and tightly. When he is illuminating things for you, pay attention and go, I mean, all, all in. Sorry for use a gambling analogy, but just go all in. Like, I'm all about what you're doing in my life. I'm all about what you're doing in my church. I'm all about what you're doing in my community group. I'm all about what you're doing on my street, on my campus, in my workplace. I'm all about what you are doing. You have illuminated it. I want it. Whether it's about sin patterns, whether it's about confession, whether it's about getting into counseling, whether, whatever it is for you in a personal sense, or whatever it is in a missional sense, or everything in between and all of it at once, say, I absolutely want it. And this is, this is why Jesus says, with the measure you use, it will be measured to you, and still more will be added to you. For whoever has, more will be given. Jesus is saying, if you go all in, like, there's nobody that wants you to be more all in than me. You go all in, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to meet you there, and I'm going to double down on it. Like, I was up with my gambling analogies. He's like, <laughs> he's like I will meet you in it, and there, you, you will not be more in than I am. The, the more you go for it, the more he goes for it. And the more he goes for it, the more you're going to go for it. And it, it just, everything fuels itself. That's what light does. It's like, let's, let's turn the lights up. Let's, let's deal with the things that he is revealing. From the parable of the sower a few weeks, a few weeks ago, he's like, look, the, you know, as the word of God goes out, there's all kinds of things that can be getting in the way. Deal with it. Deal with the thorns. Deal with the weeds. Deal with the rocks. You know what it is. You probably know the things that are hindering you. And if you don't, there are people around you that God has given you in, in the church, other branches connected to the true vine that will help you figure it out. But don't just sit there. 
don't just sit there. You know what happens when you just sit there, when you kind of half-heartedly, like, like oh, I'm kind of I'm interested. Yeah, I think God's doing this. You're paying attention, and you're like, eh, I think I can maybe entertain that. That's what he says at the end. And from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. He's really saying, look, a half-hearted commitment here, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't work. You'll find it slipping through your fingers. You ever, you ever been half-heartedly committed to something? I bet you have. I bet every New Year's time you're, you're super serious about some sort of thing you're going to change. And it's especially effective when you don't tell anyone, you know, when you just think inside, like, I think I'm going to stop eating so many carbs, you know. And, uh, and then, you know, it just doesn't work. But, when you, but people who are all in, and they're telling people about it, and they're asking to be held accountable, and they're researching things, and they're studying things, and they're, uh, they're walking together with others. I mean, they're going all in, and they're, they're committed differently. It's very easy with, with God whenever he's illuminating something, especially whenever you don't really like what he's showing you, and you're like, ah, I'm not so sure about following you into that. Maybe I'll give it a, a try. He's like, yeah, it doesn't, it's not very effective. What's going to happen is, is you're going to have a loose grip on it, and it's just going to slip away from you. But a tight grip on it, that leads to the fruitfulness that you want. So, if Jesus has come to light up the darkness, we've got to pay attention to what he's doing and embrace it. Embrace his activity in our lives. Embrace his activity in our city and where we work and all those kind of places. Pay attention. Just pay attention. And when you see something, you sense something, you don't do it halfway. Like a part of why these like proverbial sayings or a part of his ministry is because every group of people he encountered, you know, they probably need to hear the same, these same exact things. Especially because they were just used to keeping the rules. He goes into these groups of people who are, that's all they were used to is like, can I check all the boxes? And he's like, hey, it's not really about that. It's about love and relationship now. Um, and you, like, you got to be committed. It's like a marriage. They're like, I'm not so sure about being married to God. He's like, well, that's what we're talking about here. So Jesus lights up the darkness. We've got to pay attention and embrace all of his activity. That's what we're trying to do between Sherwood and us right now. He's illuminated the fact that, hey, both groups need some things. And we're just trying to pay attention. And if he's leading us down a road that will be difficult... We're just, we want to go all in. We want to embrace what he's doing between us. We're trying to do that as a church. You're trying to do that as community groups in the places where you, where you are. I hope that you're also trying to do that as a, as a person on mission who God has sent to light up darkness. But that begins, though, in your walk with him. Like you're, you and Jesus. He's like, hey, I, I want to do all these things through your life and through your community group, and through your church, and all this kind of stuff, I have all these things in store. But let's, let's deal with you first. Let's crank up the lights. Let's see what's going on. A couple months ago, I was, I was at this, this uh, staying in this hotel in Houston, 
And uh, it was kind of a nicer hotel. And they had, like, in the bathroom, they had this, like, round mirror thing on, like, a swivel arm. I was like, what in the world is that? And the arm swings out, and it was like this, like, crazy mirror. Like, it was, like, so magnified, and, like, it was just like, whoa. And uh, I was like, no, no, thank you. And, uh, but then I was so curious. I was like, why would that be? And that just doesn't make any sense to me as a dude. I'm sure the women are like, ooh, where'd you, what hotel, you know? And uh, not to do gender stereotypes, I'm sorry. But you know what I'm saying. Uh, I, it just didn't, didn't register to me. And so... Uh, every time I go in there, I was just like, nope, you know, it's just, and then I saw this little dial and it had a light on it and I like brought it out one time and I turned the light on and I was like, no, big mistake, <laughs> worst thing ever. And it, doesn't Jesus do that with us? You know, like if we bring ourselves before him and we're like, okay, illumination, I want it. Show, like, show me, I want to pay attention, show me what you're doing. And it swings out and it's like, okay, here's your mind. <laughs> you're like, Whoa. Here's your heart. Here's your motive. You know? Here's, here's the sin pattern I'm ready to rip out by the roots. You know? It's tough. But it's good and it is worth it. And that's why he came. He can, he can do that in your life, in every one of our individual lives, and empower our small groups, and empower our church, and empower every church all around the globe all at the same time. He's that big. He loves you enough to start with you. We were praying before the service, you know, we were talking about paying attention, and Taylor, Taylor just, he prayed in his prayer, he's like, God, I'm just thankful you pay attention to us. And that's, that is the goodness of Jesus, you know. That is, that is him who stands before us and says, I have exactly what you need, exactly what you want. And so that is who beckons us, that's who we respond to. He came to light it up. And so let's pay attention Let's embrace it. Let's say yes to him because he's already said yes to us. So let's, let's stand together. We're going to take a few minutes and we're going to respond. And I, wanna, I want you to hear me well. That the one who is doing the illuminating is also the one who knows the solution to lead you forward into whatever it is. Like he's the source. Uh, he's your guide for that as well. And so illumination, essentially, like we're, if we're going to take this passage in the way that I've unpacked it tonight, it's really about us saying yes to his yes. He said, yes, I love you enough to come and to illuminate and to show you what it is and to make to give you everything you need for life and godliness and to empower every step in the direction that you want to go. And it's about us saying yes to him. And so we're going to sing. That's one of the ways that we respond. You can come and kneel and pray. That's another one of our responses. And if you're here for the first time, it's kind of what we try to do is just offer you a couple of different ways to respond to him. Uh, singing, praying, giving. That's a, there's a giving station over here. That's another way. Uh, receiving communion is another one. For us, uh, that that Jesus is offering you His body and blood uh, as the this is the that's Him saying yes to you. He's holding it out to you, offering that to you, saying if you want if you want to pursue what I'm illuminating and, and what I'm doing in your life, then I've said yes. Do you want to say yes? And He offers it to you as His yes. So Adam is going to be a stand-in for Jesus tonight.
And Adam is just going to be the one representing Jesus. But Jesus is saying, this is my body broken for you. This is my blood poured out for you. This is who I am. Do you want this? And so if you want to kneel and pray, if you want to take a few minutes to think about the, like kind of what God is stirring within you, um, our communion is, is open. And so you don't have to be a member here. You have, to, you have to be a follower of Jesus. You have to be someone who wants what Jesus has to offer. And even if this is your first step toward him, we want you to be able to take that tonight. And so I'm going to pray for us, and then the table is going to be open. So we'll just take a few minutes to respond in song and in prayer and in communion or giving or whatever it is for you. Let's be good stewards of this time together. Let's pray.